tired. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, maybe I'll take you upstairs and violate you like a parking meter. Yeah. <laughs> Close to a quarter. Oh, you wish. Would you mind something like Rocky, I'm sorry. I, I... But you know, it just takes one bad hit and you could be an invalid. Well, I feel like an invalid already. Well, why'd you gotta come back here? You're too smart for this place here. I got nothing to do. Gloria, I called Gloria, she said. You know, she could use some part-time help. Yeah, but why do you want to do this, Angie? Why do you want to go back to the same place you started from? I got to do it, but you don't got to do it. I wanted to be there so I could be close to you. Do you remember last year when we had fun, when we had a good time? It ain't last year, and you ain't the same either. Hey, what, what are you saying to me, kid? You're like another person. You're the other person. You said I would be number one to you. You said that, and you lied. You lied to me, and you lied to Mom. I never lied to you. Tommy needed my help. So did I. And remember when you said to watch out for scams and deceptions? Yeah. You're the one that should have watched out. All those beatings you took in the ring, I took them with you. I know how you feel. I know when somebody like Tommy comes along, you feel alive. But he's not you. He doesn't have your heart. All those fighters you beat, you beat them with heart. Not muscle. That's what Mickey knew. That's why you and Mickey were special. But Mickey's dead. If there's something you want to pass on, pass it on to your son. For God's sakes, your son is lost. He needs you. I know Tommy makes you feel great. He makes you feel like you're winning again. But you're losing us. Rocky, you're losing your family. Paul, are you okay? You should have left him on the street where you found him. Now you knocked him down. Why don't you try knocking me down now? Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mack. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the Rocky series. And of course, I have with me America's co-host, Jameson. How's it going, sir? What's up, Mike? How are you? Doing good, man. Feels just like yesterday that uh, we did Rocky 3 and 4. Feels good. Feels good to be back, man. And the fans have spoken and said it's great to have you back as well. So that's what I've been hearing anyway. So. Very good. I like it. Good time. So uh, today, sir, we're closing out the Rocky series with five and six, man. Are you excited? I am very excited. I, I had a lot of fun with three and four, and uh, I'm really excited for, for the final two chapters. Yes, especially kind of going back and, and talking the fight of number four, you know, now that I've seen five and... Talking about number six, because uh, I was just telling you, I've only seen six once. So this is my second time watching it. And uh, I think, you know, we had a lot of fun on three and four, but I have a strong feeling we're going to get pretty deep on these reviews of five and six. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, I don't know, man, it could be pretty deep. It could be uh, us going at it, or maybe it could be us agreeing on everything. Who knows, man? Only time will tell. It's true. <laughs> so uh, enough of the teasing, sir. Should we roll into some movie music news first? Here we go. All right, let's do it.
Okay, sir. So first up, something I wanted to talk to you about. We kind of touched base on this a, a little while ago offline, and I kind of wanted to bring it up to you online. Uh, our movie is coming out this weekend, Fast 6, or as the real title is, it's Furious 6, and the studio just calls it Fast and Furious 6. Uh, the director said, I call my movies Fast 5 and Furious 6, so don't be surprised, people, when you see the title is actually Furious 6, which I like that better, don't you? Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, is that uh, there's been a lot of reviews because, you know, United States is the last people to get this, but... Uh, man, the reviews are pretty much the same. It is off-the-wall, ridiculous, out-of-this-world action scenes, and it's amazing, and it's great, and I think I've read two bad reviews on it, but everybody says as long as you know what you're going into, you are going to be well-satisfied, and The Hangover 3 comes out same day. So me and you are kind of touching base on who do we think is going to be the box office king that weekend. And uh, what are your thoughts on that, sir? I think it's going to be really close uh, between Hangover 3 and Furious 6. Uh, yeah, we were, we were talking about it. And, uh, you know, we, I was looking at the numbers from the, the previous uh, incarnations of both of these. And, man, they were almost spot-on identical for their opening weekends. Yeah. You know, when we look at Fast 5 versus Hangover 2, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, here's the thing I've noticed. The uh, advertisements are way more for Fast 6 than I see for Hangover 3. Way more. Like last night on Raw alone, there were, it was 14 uh, commercials for Fast 6, and there were 7 for Hangover 3. Hmm. It was ridiculous. I mean, granted, Fast and Furious, or you could say number 4, uh, was after Raw, which they didn't advertise, but they just kept showing that trailer over and over. And it was always cool. They always had something new to show you. But I don't know, man. I'm thinking that it's going to go to... I think it's going to be close. I agree 100% with you. But I have a feeling Fast 6 is going to go just because Fast 6 has been out. Um, you know, it's uh, across the, you know... UK and and uh, all these other places it's been out and United States is the last to get it it's got great word of mouth so and Hangover 3 does come out on Wednesday uh, yeah on Wednesday night at 10 o'clock uh, which at least my show is at 10 o'clock on Wednesday and Fast 6 you don't get till 10 o'clock Thursday so they do get an extra day head start which I think they are a little worried that they're gonna lose so, so I'm kind of interested, sir. You know, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just simply saying I'm very curious on how this race is going to play out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It's, uh, and we're, getting, we're, we're into the summer now. Yeah. And uh, last, when Fast Five came out, that was the first movie of the summer. This time it was Iron Man 3. And, uh, and that ended up almost grossing $700 million. Mm-hmm. which is crazy so i'm ex- i'm super excited man i mean as i told you this is my most anticipated movie of the year i mean i could literally be done with fast six and not watch another movie the rest of the year i mean that's how pumped up i am uh it's great good stuff man i'm super pumped and again for all those of you who don't know make sure you stay during the credit sequence so you can get the setup for number seven even though i ex- i know exactly what's going to happen i'm so i so can't wait to see it on screen though Indeed. Good stuff, sir. All right, other good 
interesting news I wanted to talk to you about. So, did you hear about Christopher Nolan being approached for Bond 24? No. You didn't hear about this story? No. Yeah. The uh, rumor mill is that uh, Christopher Nolan uh, could possibly direct James Bond 24. Uh, (laughs) You're not feeling that, are you, sir? No, because really... The thing that I love about Christopher Nolan is his ingenuity. And the thing that I fell in love with Christopher Nolan was his first great films, you know, that they were his ideas, his and his brothers, and that they were ideas that I hadn't seen before, you know, with the prestige and memento and inception even, you know, and I like a creative mind finally in Hollywood. And, you know, he's, I don't want to see him keep taking on already established franchises i'm sure he could make it great but i I think that the last few bond movies have been great on their own without him you know i'd like to see him go and create something of his own well which he is he's doing that like time travel type film right right i I, he doesn't need to do a bond movie i don't think yeah no i agree right no i agree with it it's cool i was just it's rumor of course nothing official I was just curious if you, uh, you know, if you heard what your thoughts were. Mm-hmm. So our boy Jason got a new podcast going. You know about this, right? That he did, yeah. <laughs> Do you know the name of it, sir? Agents of Shield, correct? No, it's the Shield Files. The Shield Files, that's right. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to screw it up, man. The Shield Files podcast. Yes. And uh, it's exciting. His buddy Jake, I guess, his first co-host is uh coming back for that so i'm excited to hear it man it's good stuff yeah and uh i'm bringing it up because uh did you hear about mark ruffalo could possibly do a standalone hulk movie and man i am super pumped for this i mean he got uh great reviews uh from avengers and it sounds like it's more for phase three of him having a standalone film and it's gonna be you know i mean bruce banner People are feeling it, is what I'm saying, based on the article that I've been reading. So I'm excited for it, man. I hope it comes true. I hear a lot of rumors about the uh, recast. For example, Hawkeye, that's pretty much on the fence, that uh, he doesn't want to come back because he felt like a puppet in the first movie, and it wasn't what he really signed up for. So at this point, he's probably going to be recast. Uh, which would kind of be unfortunate. I'd like to see everybody, you know, stay together and not have any recasts. But if that's how it is, that's how it is. Right. So, you know, I, I want a standalone Hulk film. I think it'd be cool. A lot of people want Planet Hulk, which would be interesting. So uh, what's your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I I was surprised by how much I like Mark Ruffalo as, as Bruce Banner. Um, I would love to see Hulk as a franchise that was successful you know yeah. um, however you have to do to do it you know I, I would love to see that I mean I grew up on you know the Hulk TV show that was on one of my shows as a kid and uh, you know every episode was fairly similar but um, yeah I think it would be really cool yeah to get some more Hulk because uh, Marvel's uh, Kevin Feige basically said that uh, a new Hulk movie is in development. Uh, he believes the strength of such a film relies not so much on the computer-generated title character, but Mark Ruffalo's performance. Uh, people are kind of digging the fact he's slightly older than Edward Norton. At, uh, Eric Bana is like, if anybody could be a great 55-year-old Hulk, it's Mark. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I saw the trailer he was in for that new Magic movie, yeah. uh, which has, you know, our good old boy uh, Zombieland. 
uh Jesse you know eisenberg. Jesse eisenberg and man that looks good because he's basically got the goat he's got the beard and everything and he's all after them that film looks good too i, I forgot the title of it but i, I keep now saying, you see me now you see me yeah that that looks really good i'm not saying i go to the theater to watch it but it looks pretty pumped up for me so very good so did you hear about uh expendables 3 steven seagal might be coming back for that one or obviously not coming back but going to expendables 3 did you hear about this yes i did kind so, of expected it kind of well we know wesley snipes is officially signed for expendables 3 yep. uh, jackie chan said i'll do it if i get a big part and he did he's getting a big part so we officially have wesley snipes and we have jackie chan so i'm excited i mean steven seagal has been rumored since the first one but he has issues with the producer of the Expendables, so he's got issues with Hollywood. <laughs> he's got issues with a lot of people, don't he? Yeah. And, I mean, Van Damme's dead, so we don't have to worry about you know uh, a confrontation there. But Mickey Rourke is coming back, so that'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm pumped up for it, man. I don't know a whole I don't know a whole lot of news on it, but I know he's kind of looking for some uh, fresh blood, try to get some like a brain or like a girl next door kind of thing. I'm kinda- still saying you got to get Carl Weathers in this, man. Oh man, how awesome would that be to have Drago and Apollo Creed in your movie? Come man. on, I mean, he's you gotta get Carl Weathers. He was in some of the greatest action movies of the '80s. Action Jackson, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Predator. Oh, yeah, so good, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Does he is he still in uh, tip tip top shape? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while since the last Sandler movie he was in, but. I mean, I'm sure he could pull it off. You know, I'm st- sure, you know, Stallone could give him a little of that HGH juice. Yeah. Get him right back in shape. That'd be pretty cool. And I guess the uh, new Wolverine trailer came out. I unfortunately didn't get to check it out, but I guess it has Gene Gray in there. Have you s- watched this trailer that just came out? Uh, no, I haven't seen week? the newest one. All right. That sucks. I was hoping you did so you can kind of tell me what you thought yeah. of it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to change what I think about it, though. I really am 100% on the fence with this movie. I know it's not like, wow, great great call, but um, I really believe that this movie could be, from everything I've seen, it could be really cool right, or just awful. And I don't think there's a whole lot of in-between ground with it. Um, just because they've done so many Wolverine movies and so many different you know, incarnations of Wolverine that either you change it and you tweak it and i kind of like what they're doing with it that could make it cool or it's just like okay that's great another wolverine yeah you know are you more kind of positive when it comes to the x-men uh upcoming movie with yeah i'm i loved uh first class okay i thought that was great so i'm looking forward to this you know the days of future past storyline kind of has me a little but I have faith, and I love the cast they have, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, having, I mean, I do admit the ending was rushed. I kind of thought, why would you put him in a wheelchair already? But I, I think, kind of like Jason mentioned before, they probably thought they weren't getting a sequel, so they probably rushed that at the end. But I'm looking forward to what they're going to do, and with time travel, they could fix a lot of different things, which would be pretty cool. So good stuff. Uh, as far as music news, sir. Uh, I guess the Billboard Music Awards 
was the wrong thing for me to watch tonight because my wife she's a big tim mcgraw fan so she flipped on tim mcgraw she was watching all the people kind of guest on there you had uh neil was on there and you had keith urban taylor swift so on and so forth but uh, i guess the billboard music awards was pretty crazy did you hear about some of the things that happened there sir um i just kind of heard overheard some things uh i i didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it <laughs> the best was justin bieber i guess there was this milestone award and and he went up and people were just booing him like crazy and he guess i guess he lashed back he's like you know i'm 19 years old i think i'm doing a pretty good job you know i'm basically you know music's coming from my heart this is a craft i'm not a gimmick i'm an artist i should be taken seriously and I guess even Tracy Morgan, because he was the host of the show, said, hey, you know, don't be booing anybody around here. This ain't no high school. So I guess he kind of stuck up for him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I wish I could have seen that, man. And I guess when Madonna won, she had this off-the-wall acceptance speech that was, like, ridiculous <laughs> that, I really I wa- that. that I really wanted to see. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, man, Taylor Swift, she won, like, eight out of 11 awards that she was up for. And uh, her performance at 22 was pretty awesome. I checked it out. It was pretty cool. Uh, Here's where the big awards go to. So we have top artist, number one. The winner was Taylor Swift, which is cool. We have top new artist, which One Direction won. (laughs) Top new artist. (laughs) I bet you're excited about that one, aren't you, sir? Oh, man. 20 years from now, we're going to look back and go, that was a great decision. (laughs) Uh, We have top male artist, Justin Bieber. Crazy. Top female artist was Taylor Swift. Top duo group was One Direction, so a lot of pop so far. We have the top Billboard 200 artist was Taylor Swift. The top 100 artist was Maroon 5. Uh, top digital song art. Yeah, I'm not a big Maroon 5 guy either. Uh, top digital song artist was Taylor Swift. Top radio song artist was Rihanna, which is weird. The top. Eh, I can see that. Yeah, the top touring artist was Madonna. Uh, the top social artist is Justin Bieber, which I believe because he has more followers on Twitter than anybody, even more than the president. I mean, he has like 2 million followers or something. But the STL Nation is catching up. Yes, they are. Uh, the top streaming artist ugh, goes to Nikki. Uh, top pop artist is One Direction. Uh, top R&B artist is Rihanna, so you can see we have a lot of the same people. Top rap artist, if that's what you call her, is Nicki Minaj. Top country artist, Taylor Swift. Top rock artist is Fun, so I can kind of see this one. Top Latin artist goes to Jenny Rivera. Top dance artist is Madonna. Top EDM artist, which I have no idea what EDM stands for. Uh, do you know what that is? No, I'm trying to think of what it would be. It's uh, David uh, Guetta. And then, of course, Toby Mac wins for Top Christian Artist. So those were your big artist awards of the night, sir. Pretty good stuff. Wow, that was exciting. Yeah, Great it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much the same artist won for the same exact yeah. thing. I mean, like, hey, we got four people that are getting awards. We're just going to give them to everybody. Thrift Shop did win for the Top Rap Song of the Year, which it should have because that song is just awesome. Uh, Harlem Shake won for top EDM song, dance not, song. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, best country song is Taylor Swift, We Are Never Getting Back Together, which is more of a pop tune. Rihanna's Diamonds was top R&B song, which I heard that all the time on the radio. Crazy. Call See, me- and I don't think they play it enough on the radio. Every 15 minutes isn't enough. <laughs> uh, Call Me Maybe, Carly Rae Jepsen was... Oh, Lord. 
top pop song. I'm sure you're done with that one. <laughs> and uh, she won for top digital song. And uh, yeah, so th- those are some of the highlights of the Billboard Music Awards. Yeah, so not really exciting. Me, personally, I like the MTV Movie and Music Awards. Those are more entertaining because those are voted by the fans. And they really, you know, I, I can kind of vote for as many people as I want. And it's fun. I agree. It's good stuff. So I think that's it, sir, for movie and music news. Are you ready to hit our review for uh, Rocky Five? I am. You you have your notes, right? You don't have to go to the car? Oh, no. <laughs> Man, I... Here's the thing, people. That was not planned. Mr. Uh, Jameson calling me a boner over here and, <laughs> and sing it away. And when I told him what I found, he's like, you were recording that? <laughs> I honestly didn't think you were recording. Uh, dude, the moment that we connect, I record, sucker. So unless I actually hit stop, that's it, man. So That's good to know. Yeah, you, you got to be... But, I liked it though. It was funny. A lot of people thought that was real funny. They dug it. They thought it was hilarious. So good stuff, man. I speak nothing but the truth. It's true. And what were you singing, anyways? I was trying to figure out what tune that was. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was Burning Heart. It was something. Oh, some from Rocky. Yeah. All right. Cool. So yes, I have my uh, two pages of notes, and you got some notes, and we're going deep. We're going deep, deep, deep undercover on this one. Deeper than anyone's ever gone on Rocky Five. It's true. We're gonna be the most deep uh, review of Rocky Five there is. So, good times. All right, sir. Let's hit our review. Of Rocky Five. When Mick said when he was fighting, sometimes he fight so hard that he was thinking that he broke something inside. He was gonna die. And that's when he said this. I can't stop my hands from shaking. Because of the continuous violent blows to the head, you've developed a condition particular to boxers called cavum septum folliculum. It was a blanket power of attorney in favor of the accountant. You lost millions. Rocky, I don't care about the money. It's you. That's all that matters. Mr. Balboa. Yeah? How you doing? My name's Tommy Gunn. Yeah, well. I have an amateur record of 45 and 1. Uh, You're a fighter. Yeah, I'm a fighter. I'd just like to show you what I got. You know this guy? Yeah. He's hard. You're Rocky's kid, right? You know what? Your old man's a punk. What? Union Kane's going for the title on 14. Uh-huh. We have a strong feeling about this one. I think he's going to take it. That's the time to challenge. Because people love comebacks. And there's nothing in the boxing business more commercial than a long shot comeback of a down-on-his-luck pure Snow White underdog. He's done! He's done fighting! This mean you're going to manage me? Absolutely. Hey, home team. All right! Mickey loves you. All right, sir. 
So, man, Rocky Five is the most hated of the Rocky films. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I have not seen this film for a very long time, so I was very excited and interested to go back. I have a lot of, I'd have to say, out of all the movies, this is the one that's the most vivid in my head to where I can see scenes nonstop and they just, I mean, I don't know. I think, I don't know if it's the one I've seen the most or if it was just had the most memory or because people would say, I hate this film and I'd be like, okay, why? You know, I just didn't get it, you know? So you have a Rocky five story. Did you want to share that now or did you want to share that later? <laughs> we'll just, we'll do it later. Let, let, let's get into this. All right. So essentially real quick, for those of you who don't know, this movie is Rocky after fighting Drago has permanent brain damage and he's uh, forced to retire finally. I mean, he has to retire. He's been talking about retiring since the second movie, but he is forced to retire. Uh, he It doesn't stop him, though. He's coaching this up-and-comer boxer, Tommy Gunn, a.k.a. real-life boxer Tommy Morrison. Uh, Tommy decides that Rocky isn't moving him up quickly enough, so he leaves Rocky and begins to... Start with this new guy named uh, Duke, George Washington Duke, which we'll get into in a little bit. Tommy wins the title he wants, but he still doesn't gain the respect. And uh, he wants to take out his anger in a fight with Rocky. And Rocky, since he's retired, his ring is outside. So we get the epic street fight that I told you guys about. And uh, the street fight uh, results in Rocky winning. And you basically get the end of the series. Uh, You get a great recap at the end. And, uh, I mean, that's basically short, sweet, to the point, what happens in this film. So let's get into details, sir. All right. All right. So we start off, and we have the classic intro, which was pretty cool. We have the uh, words come across the screen, which I dig this. And I like how you have uh, Lundgren and uh, Stallone up on there uh, giving you the recap. But this recap was done a little bit differently. And that's kind of the slow-mo recaps and kind of showing you – the punches that are the ones you need to remember from four that would cause his brain damage. Well, not only that, but there's footage in this opening montage that wasn't even in Rocky four. Really? There's Which one fight was that? footage. There's just some, uh, some of the cuts of the fight where we're never in Rocky four. It's, you know, cuts of punches and whatever from the fight that, that they didn't end up using in the original cut. Huh? I don't, uh, I pretty much thought I seen everything that was in four. So that's cool. Was there any specific part you remembered that you No, it's just, you know, different angles and different whatever shots of it that they, uh, you know, that they decide, well, let's change it up a little bit. Different perspective. All right. So what I love is, so we come right out of this, right? And we immediately open into a wide shot of Rocky nude in the shower. That's your first. <laughs> Here we are. All Welcome right. to Rocky Five, guys. Now let's let's pull this back a little bit. Stallone uh, wrote and uh, wrote this movie just like he wrote every movie. However, this one he didn't direct. Uh, he brought back the original director, good old uh, John G. Avildsen from The Karate Kid. And the reason why he decided not to uh, do the director this time around is he said that he wanted to kind of have a little bit more time to you know. Kind of take some pressure off of him, if you will, from being a director. So he wanted to kind of bring it back to the first movie. And, uh, man, 
it's weird. It's like John G. Allison does great in the first movie, and then he does, like for Karate Kid, does great for Karate Kid 1, Karate Kid 2, and then all of a sudden Karate Kid 3 goes down the drain. So it's kind of like with this. It's like people think he did great for Karate Kid 1 or Rocky 1, and then they do Rocky 5, and it's like it's the worst film. Well, and you know what? In my notes here, I mean, just as since you mentioned it, in my notes here is that this movie has definite shades of Karate Kid 3 to me. Of the the petulant, um, you know, the mentor and the the student who all of a sudden rebels and, you know, I don't need you and blah, blah. Very, very familiar tones between <laughs> the two movies. Very interesting. Okay, let me just say this. I became a huge fan of Tommy Morrison after this film because I didn't know he was a real boxer. So I actually followed his career until he got HIV. And then he wasn't allowed to box anymore. Uh, but he's back. What? He's back boxing. Are you serious? Did he get yeah. Did he get the Magic Johnson cure or what? He, uh, in 2006, he went back. In 96, he was tested HIV positive, wasn't allowed to fight. 2006, he went back and got a battery of tests done. And uh, every test, he came up clear. And the licensing board said, that must have been a false positive back in 96. Huh. So he has actually fought a couple of fights since 2006 now. How's he how's he doing? I since I didn't know this, I haven't been, you know, catching up with him. How's he doing? Well, you I think you'd have to go to a high school gymnasium to see his fights. Really? Uh, I mean, he hasn't fought in 10 years. He's, you know. Yeah. He's an old man now, but he, you know, he wanted to like all fighters, he thinks that he can, you know, oh man, if I can just get that title back, you know. Uh, yeah. So Oh, that that's cool, man. I, I'm glad he's back. I'll have to check it out. Now, going back to the beginning here where we get the words and the recap, this has got Bill Conti all over it, which I dig, man, because I was missing him in Rocky Four. Good stuff, man. It's like he totally has his his style of music, which is it. Just, when you hear it, you're like, that's Bill Conti. It's kind of like John Williams. It's like yeah. when you hear it, you know it's him. Bill Conti's the same way. When you hear it, I mean, he uses lots. Of, he uses lots of flutes and pipes and so so on and so forth. But it was nice to hear him all over this again. Right, right. And uh, it was cool knowing the fact Stallone wrote it again, and I saw the John G. Allison, which I knew, but you know, back then I was like, oh, cool, the director Karate Kid. You know, he's back for this. And uh, I love, as you said, you get the opening naked shot, <laughs> which was kind of odd. And what I kind of dig here is seeing him all shaken and stuff like that this opening sequence you know kind of like how things are broken and just to you know adrian comes in and i dig tony's face you know tony's like you did it you know you did it for you made apollo proud and he's like hey yo tony can you get adrian and you just see the look in his face and he's just like something's wrong and then you don't see him anymore what sucked dude did i mean were you kind of disappointed you didn't get to see him anymore after this yeah, yeah. I see, and I haven't, I have an issue with this scene right from the beginning. All right, tell me your issue. I, the whole Rocky breakdown scene, you know, I, it's just I don't know. Every time I've seen it, it just seems so overacted to me. Like just his whole breakdown, you know, it's like all right, Rocky's having a breakdown, but it's such an overacted breakdown to me. It's just hard. I don't know. 
it's it's not believable to me. I I don't know. I've always had an issue with that. Yeah, well, how could you make it more believable? I mean, he's just he's he's got the rocky voice like he normally does. He's just sitting in the same spot. He's just really shaking his hands. I thought he did good. It's the whole. I think it's the whole shaking, like uncontrollable shaking. Like I I don't know. All right. I mean, if you were getting punched in the head. You know, by Drago, as much as he did, I think you would be kind of uh, messed up in the head too, and your body wouldn't function as well. I think that's what they were trying to prove. Yeah, is no, that they, he, he they took were a, definitely trying to prove it. I mean, that he went through hell and back, and uh, he's just he's not right in the head, which they obviously go down this path. Let's talk about the storyline here. What Stallone was trying to accomplish here? Uh, it's kind of like as they say in Ghostbusters too. They stripped every well, I should say. The whole money thing, this is like Dark Knight Rises, or I should say Dark Knight Rises takes it from this. Stripping away all the money, and I mean, do you think the thought process behind here is let's take Rocky back to the way it was so we can get the same clothes? And Well, it's, it's I mean, like all the movies, there's part of Stallone's biography in this, you know, where at this time he was, you know, during Rocky Four, he was living big just like you know just like rocky was at the beginning of rocky four and then around this time coincidentally is when his he had kind of peaked and started to come down you know he's making movies like oscar and whatever you know just no not good choices and his popularity was starting to dip and so he he kind of made it biography you know biographical in the same way that you know sometimes you gotta get back to your roots you know to prove who you are you know, and that's what it was. Uh, the the one thing that really stands out to me, though, from from this point um, of Rocky having his breakdown, right, and them going home, is I don't know how long that plane flight was, but everybody got a lot older on that plane flight. <laughs> how how does Rocky's kid, first off, age like ten years? Between Rocky Four and Rocky Five, when it takes place immediately afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna say this right off the bat. This by far is the worst of the Rocky movies, but this movie isn't as bad as people say it is. Um, I, I can, re- I totally recognize because I, I call this on the last one. How did Rocky Junior just miraculously age like you know ten years when this is supposed to be coming home like a couple weeks later? I mean, Duke looks old. Paulie looks old. Like, I mean, you guys just were just fighting 10 minutes ago. You look good. Yeah. Age, I mean, even Adrian, man, is yeah. starting to look, kind of look her age. I, you know, going back to the breakdown scene when he calls her Mick, I mean, that kind of gives you a little heads up that things aren't right. And you just kind of see the look on her face. This movie is what I, my favorite thing about this movie is it is Adrian heavy. And it's the last time I'm going to see her. So, I, I mean, she goes out with a bang. I mean, she really is the, the rock of this movie, if you will, because she really, uh, man, when we get there, we'll get there, you know, pointing out the different scenes. But I really dig her performance in this movie, just how she really just stands up for Rocky and just, you know, I can't stand George W. Duke. This guy is the, the worst thing of this movie. Every scene he's in, he tears this movie down for me. If you would just cut this guy out of this movie, this would be so much better. I hate this guy. This guy sucks. The best part is, is George Washington Duke is a real person. I know he's supposed George to be. George Washington, he is Don King. Yeah. I mean, 
he's they they steal Don King's line only in America, only in America. That's that's Don King's line, you know. It's but the problem is that overacting. Yes, the overacting. It, he's he's a caricature of a real person, and so he pulls you out of this movie in every scene specifically for me. And when we get there, but the final fight that ruins the final fight for me is the constant cutting to him because he's not a real person. He, I mean, he's not a, a, a character in this universe. He's a caricature where the rest of them are fleshed out people. Right. And they keep cutting to him spouting one liners. And it's like, this is terrible. Oh, this you know, guy. This movie has by well, I don't want to say this movie has by far the worst villain of the franchise, and that's what hurts the movie. Now, villain as in you're as talking, in he's the he's villain. He's the villain. Okay, I got you. Know, he's I the agree a hundred percent. He's the worst. Terrible. This guy is absolutely piss poor. I can't stand this guy. Whenever he's on screen, he kills the scene, and it's just ugh. He, I mean. Oh, no, I agree, man. And that's it, it, that that that's one thing takes points away from this movie is is the choice to, to use him and use him so heavily. But he's not explained. He's just like, well, you guys all know who Don King is. That's who this guy is. So that's what he is, you know, and and to use him as your main villain. I mean, you know, obviously Tommy becomes a villain, but but not till the end. He's driven by this guy who is pulling the strings and he is. By far the weakest part of this entire franchise. So that's got to dock this movie points. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I mean, even Tommy up until the very end of the movie still has a conscience when he's trying to tell him this guy is out for money. He doesn't care about you. And you would just see the looks that Tommy would give of just looking down and just like, well, maybe he's right. Even at the very end of the towards the end of the movie, he still has that conscience there. But you're right. This guy, I don't know if it's if they would have got a different actor or whatever, but this guy does not work, and he is the worst part of the franchise, the worst part of this movie. And I think the reason why people hate this movie is because of this guy. Because if you take away this guy, let's take a look at what we have here. We have a great performance by Stallone, as always. We have his real-life son, who unfortunately passed away, I believe, two years ago. Yeah. Um, we have Adrian at the top of her game. Pauly is just as awesome as he's been. In fact, probably a little bit more. He's just as funny, has great lines. Uh, we have this great story with the kid uh, being replaced by somebody else and the conflict between father and son. There's a lot of great meat here, but this guy, you every time he's on screen, pisses away everything else, and I hate that. Yeah, this is the biggest reason I don't like this movie, but we'll get into the rest later. All right, so going back. All right, I guess going in order so we can get to your issues. Yep. So I like the fact of, all right, you don't like the shaky hands, which is fine to me. I don't see uh, over overacting because when I think of overacting, I think of George W. Duke. But, you know, I mean, which is funny because uh, the Duke here is, you know, we had Duke in the other movies. Yeah. And of all the names, why you got to steal a name from a character that's in the movies? Yeah. You already have Duke, who's one of three characters to be in every movie. And you're going to take his name and make it confusing. Yeah. It's just kind of like, uh, you know, Tony Burden, who is the guy who does the Duke role. He's the uh, trainer. He's yeah. referred to in this film as Tony. In the credits, 
uh, he's you know credited as playing Tony as opposed to Duke to oh, avoid confusion with the George W. Duke character. It would just it would be so simple. He's George Washington Simpson or yeah, whatever. Right. So that was kind of stupid there. Uh, when they return home, I like how they're playing the Rocky tune. Uh, kind of on like the instruments and stuff. It's like, yep. you know, the Rocky tune, I guess, is in the movie. It's its own song. And us as the audience, we hear the real song. And it was it was great to have that song back because, you know, like I said, with Rocky Four, phenomenal movie. But I was missing that music. You know, I didn't get that in this one. And I got it. I should say I didn't get it in that one, but I got it back in this one. It was a nice touch. It's not in there a whole lot, but it was very cool, which in Rocky Balboa, when we get there, Man, it's great hearing that song completely through again. Uh, so, Rocky, uh, we have the kid. So let's talk about the kid. Let's talk about Sage Stallone. Uh, you know, as being a kid actor, most kid actors, they're kid actors, you know. His performance throughout this movie, I thought, for the most part, he was like 90% pretty good. There was only a few scenes where I was kind of like, eh, you know, I could kind of live without his performance there. But for the most part, I thought he did pretty good. What's your thoughts on the kid? I thought he was good. He wasn't anything special. Um, you know, he he did what he had to do. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have any real opinion about him as as the kid. Um, but he works. Know. He works though. Compared to yeah, that. he do, he does he does fine. Yeah, he's, um, he's not like that terrible kid in the last movie. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> That's my dad. Um, all right. So Polly makes a joke. Uh, you know, talking about uh, Adrian saying how she's fluent in vodka. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, you get good old Polly back to his jokes. Polly is great in this film, man. He has some great lines as always. But performance wise, uh, I mean, I, I think the best performance of him is Rocky Four, no doubt. But I really dig him in this movie. I thought he was really good. Yeah. Let's talk about the reporters uh, that have uh, they have the issues. You know, they do the whole like press conference, and what's up with these guys? They're like way over the top. You know, Rocky's just like, you know, it's great to be back, and the guys like, when are you gonna fight again? And that one guy just keep harassing Rocky. What is up with this one guy? I don't know. He's just uh, I don't know. It's funny because some of these guys are actual fight reporters too that they use in the movie right um, yeah I, but see and this is just a, another thing that i just don't like about it. it's like it doesn't make any sense if rocky goes over it you, you come out of rocky four he just you know that rocky is the people's champ he's right. the, the great hero he watches another great former champion his best friend die he goes over to russia he beats the unbeatable russian he comes back and immediately you're riding him like, what are you going to do? You're blah, blah, blah. like, that wouldn't happen. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that scene does not work for me. Uh, you know, immediately all. you're like, what? Why would they? No one would act like that. Yeah, that that does not work for me. That's one of the one of the few scenes for me outside of every scene with George W. <laughs> Duke uh, that don't work for me is this over the top, ridiculous uh, news guy, which is for real, because I think he shows up, uh, and he shows up later throughout the film, I think, yeah. uh, and starts the bus balls on, on Tommy Gunn, which is great. But this scene here, you know, it's just Adrian sticking to her guns, just like, you know, my husband's retired, you know, and, and, uh, George W. Duke just comes in and he just, he, this guy is just off the wall crazy. I don't think we really need to talk about him anymore. 
But I do like, though, when they go home and you get good old Adrian and Rocky together. And what I dig is is the dirty talk joke from Adrian. You know, uh, if you let me out, he says something and she's like, it'll cost you a quarter. Adrian, I didn't know you could talk dirty. It was cool because you never saw her do that. You know, it's like Adrian has fully uh, been a fully developed character by yeah. this by at this point in the game, which is great because, you know, we don't have her in the next film, which will explain why she's not in there, which uh, was really great that she, for the sake of the story, you know, understood. But uh, I, I like that. And then the French teacher, because uh, I would always see this on TV. So I don't really remember this scene where the kid draws the the French teacher, the way that he did, mm-hmm. I, you know, he's like, oh, my God. And Rocky just goes off. I'm like, what is he talking about? I don't remember this scene. <laughs> you know, and I thought that was kind of funny. You know, those little light moments between him and the kid, you know, you could probably tell they really have in real life. You know, that was good stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about the brain damage. So when Stallone wrote this movie, you know, uh, the whole brain damage thing that they kind of explain in this movie really – uh, was kind of, I guess, old uh, old news, if you will, which I guess if, in today's standards, this whole conversation never would have happened. Did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for a story point, for a storytelling point of view, are you okay with this? I mean, do you wish they would have did anything different? I mean, how do you feel about this whole brain damage thing and Rocky truly having to retire and you don't have a, a guy to fight it? At the end. Yeah, no, I, I I don't like it. You don't like, okay. So, no. what's your issue, and how would you want it to have changed? Well, okay, this this is kind of my whole issue with this film is that because of that, you set up the fact that you have a Rocky movie where Rocky never steps foot in the ring, and that is my big issue with this movie. Uh, you build a franchise off of him, off of Rocky being the warrior and setting guys up for him, and then to just kind of take his feet out from under him in this movie and making him so weak immediately that, I mean, from the, from the breakdown scene, most of this movie to Adrian fighting his battles for him to him, not being allowed to fight. Um, I, I can understand if you need to do it one way or the other, the breakdown or the, however, or Adrian's, you know, standing up to Duke for him but to do it in so many different ways to make Rocky look weak, I think is just, it was a bad choice. Hmm. Man, I'm trying, I'm trying to think here, man. I, I don't think that Rocky is weak per se. I, I kind of see where Stallone is going with this. I mean, the money is gone. So essentially this, the first half of this sets up to where it's, Nothing matters except family. It, right. you know, if the money is gone, you know, Paulie made a mistake. He's sorry, but you know what? Uh, we're going back to the way it is. They don't like it, but you know, Adrian says she's gonna go work back in the place she used to be. The kid, you, he tells him in his bed, you know, like I'm living my life through you because you're getting all the things I never used to have. And then immediately you find out that all the money is gone, uh, which, you know. I, I like the aspect of them going back. Yeah, to, I like that. You know, it, they lose it all and go back to the neighborhood. Yeah, and and then when he gets the hat back on, and and then you get the reminiscent of Adrian getting the glasses back on. I I oh. really like that. I thought that was really cool. And I don't find that Rocky is weak at that point. He's just, I wouldn't say lost, 
but he's just trying to find, well, what do I do with my life? Because the one thing that I am built, uh, the, the one thing I'm placed on this earth to do is be a fighter. And now that that's taken away from me, where do I go? And that's what this story is all about. I can see that that kind of pisses you off, but this is... I can see where Stallone is going with this because, as you said, this is how he's feeling in Hollywood. Arnold's doing better than him. You have Kurt Russell doing better than him. You have all these guys that you've been killing at the box office. And now, you know, you're kind of telling everybody, look, I got to go back to my roots, if you will. Right. So. So what do you think about I, I like. So they move back to the neighborhood. I like that. That's good. I like Rocky and Pauly going out with. Oh wait, wait, hold on! Before we continue, when they go back to the neighborhood, I don't like this. Take it back. Yeah. This this hip hop version. I thought it was the old school. I hate this. This hip hop version. No, this sucks. I hate this song. I agree. I just want to say that. Going on. Go, Very go, good. Move forward with your uh, thought process. <laughs> I, I do. I like the I like the scenes with with Rocky and Pauly out there with with Junior with the kid. And they're trying to teach him street smarts because this kid is obviously he's lived a, a, a sheltered life, a silver spoon's life. Right, you know? right, right. And all of a sudden he's thrown into the ghetto and, you know, he has no street smarts and they're trying to teach him and he is not getting it. You know, he thinks, you know, I, I know enough, you know, and I, I like these scenes of them, of Rocky and Polly kind of talking to each other. And, you know. You can see they they fall right back into it that they never really left the neighborhood. Right, exactly. You know, and so they it's real easy. It would be hard for some people to fall from grace like he did, and go go from living in the mansion back to the you know back to the old neighborhood, and the shame that would be there. And to Rock, it's kind of like, well, you know, I've done this before, and you know, and Paulie too, he's just a guy. All right, I want to say this, and I know we'll get there in a little bit when we get there, but. As a kind of going back in your thought, how you take Rocky out of the ring. Well, here's the thing. We really didn't get, uh, you know, a big Mr. Miyagi kick-ass scene until three, right? I mean, in all honesty with the Karate Kid, I mean, he beat up a few guys, but you had the big one, you know, against the two thugs, you know, mm. Kreese and, and Terry Silver. So Rocky is, since the first movie, is this big street guy. You know, he's got, he's from the streets. I mean, they never show you him beating up anybody, you know, working for, uh, you know, working for that guy, you know, Tony. Uh, but he's, he was busting people's heads or fingers, but he tried to get away from that. So when you get to the end of this film, you get to see his true ring, which is outside, which is why I dig the street fight. You may, you know... I agree with you on the George W. Duke stuff. Anything with him is trash. Take him out, and I dig this whole street fight that they set up towards the end of the film because that is Rocky's true ring because that's where he started and moved to the boxing ring. So I don't agree with you in regards right. to taking away the ring kills the ending of this movie because it doesn't. Okay, so do you want to jump to the? Do you want to jump to that final fight? Sure. Why the hell not? And we'll go right. back. We'll go back in time because right. I. Let's talk about this fight because I, I talked about it in Rocky Four. how I said this is my favorite fight of the series, and I'll tell you in a little bit if it is, but let's talk about this fight. All right. What, what are your issues with this fight? All right. To me, the fight itself is fine, but the stupid cut-ins, the horrible music they have going through this, the 
the quick cuts they use, the stupid Dutch angles and and shot choices they use to show this fight are ridiculous. <laughs> and they are they look like an amateur director is doing it. It looks like I have so many different things I can do. I'll do a quick cut. I'll do a Dutch angle. I'll do this. I'll do that. And I'll get some crazy music to put behind it instead of something, you know, from the franchise. I, I just, there's so many things. The obvious, like I said before, the quick cuts to, to Duke yelling things out from the side that are just, that just cheapen the entire thing. You take what could have been a cool fight if you, if you just shot it in a normal way and showed this fight, it would have been pretty epic, I think. But every little thing that I said takes it down one more notch and one more. These are all things that take away from it until at the end, I'm like, well, that was cool, but I don't care because it was ruined for me. What could have been a cool fight was just ruined by all the choices the director made. Okay, so Dutch angles, for those who don't know. Explain yourself. It's those goofy angles where they, in the second basically like the second half of this fight all of a sudden they decide you know he's showing these these weird you know 45 degree angles of punches coming and and are you talking the, about the flashback stuff with me no 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 the the weird angles that he shows of the punches coming that are just ridiculous you know that you wouldn't have the yeah the flashback stuff i think is ridiculous really that is i mean the, the most of it is stuff that, I mean, the the shots of still of Rocky sitting there and the blood's pouring down his head and it's all you know, crazy colors, black and white, this and that, and you have all this stuff going on in the background and then out of nowhere the bell rings and the Rocky music hits. I just think it's just, just like You'll- they tried to do everything like way too much and in, and in doing that completely ruined it. Yo, Tommy, one more round. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> I mean, I like that. That's a cool line, right? Uh, but everything that leads up to it, I think, is just weak. Oh, man. Okay. The blood thing on the face, I never got. Never. No. Since the moment I seen this movie as a kid, I was like, okay, that's the only thing that I'm not digging in this fight. I don't get the vision behind that. I get the Rocky Fallen because, you know, they've showed that before in the other movies, but... You know, he gets hit hard enough to where I like the slow-mo. Come on, Balboa. Because he got hit in the same spot that Drago hit him. So right. he's getting all these visions. And originally, Mickey was supposed to be a ghost. And yeah. I'm glad they got rid of it. I like these flashbacks. It's cool for me because it's like the angel in the corner, as this theme is talked about. You know, Mickey is his angel and gets him refocused. I dig that. I don't like the blood thing, though. I thought that was stupid. I'm like, is this a horror movie now? Exactly. I, I, all of a sudden, he's just... A gallon of blood being poured over his head. But what? When Rocky gets up, though, man, and he does the leg sweeps, I'm like, sweep the leg, sucker, because damn, that looks good. (laughs) Yeah, I I never saw Rocky who, you know, I never saw him doing drop toe holds on people and stuff. (laughs) He's a street fighter, sucker. I don't care. He never. Dude, no. No, No, Rocky's rig is outside. He has to be tame inside because he's got rules if you're in a street fight there ain't no rules and i dig this man i don't care what you say i dig this street fight with the leg stuff that was awesome man when he just like takes his arm and grabs his leg and he flips down oh that was sick man i loved it it was great um the punches were excellent there wasn't one phantom punch in this fight fight choreography itself is cool and did, did you know who choreographed this final fight uh that would be 
Hold on. Do I got to look this up? I don't, I'll don't. i tell you. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Terry Funk, hardcore wrestling legend Terry Funk, choreographed this street fight. All right, so who's Terry Funk? Terry Funk is a – the Funk family are legends. Dory Funk, Terry Funk. He is the guy who trained Mick Foley in the art of hardcore wrestling. He's the guy in – have you seen the movie Beyond the Mat? Yes, I have. That's the Rock. He's the guy that they go down to. He's his, you know, he's gonna retire one of these days, and that's he's he's you know a legend, especially in Texas. And uh, he he's the guy who started the barbed wire matches and all this stupid stuff. Um, he's so he choreographed his final fight. All right. So have you ever been in a street fight yourself? I've been in a I've been in a few. Okay, you've been in a street fight. I've fought in the street. You fought in the street. Okay. So you're telling me that the stuff that Rocky does is something that a street fighter would not do. And no, it's something that Rocky, at this point in his life, is not throwing drop toe holds on people. Why not? Why would he not do that? I mean, Rocky... Because, because it, he, he hasn't fought in the street in, like, 20 years at this point. I don't, so, so you're just going to forget how to do those stuff. That's what you're saying, right? <laughs> The whole... He couldn't catch a chicken in the first movie, but he's fast enough <laughs> to throw these moves. Hello, this... Apollo Creed was his trainer. Oh, he taught him the man. speed, man. What are you he's got about? brain damage now. Dude, all of a sudden he's doing stuff that he couldn't do before with brain damage. So he's going to forget how to do all of his fighting because he has brain damage. All right, His speech might be a little bit more jacked up, but he's not going to forget how to fight because he's a fighter. This fight is ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, like I said, the, chore- the choreography is fine. You know, if it was shown as a, a regular fight, everything else about this fight is unnecessary. All right. So let's say that we were all right. Removing George W. Duke improves the fight for you right off, right away. They'll give you they'll give you 20 percent. 20 percent. OK. And then the as you say, ridiculous camera shots. Yeah. Uh, which, how many ridiculous camera shots are in this fight? There's probably a good half dozen. Half dozen. Especially the second half, after, you know, after he gets... I, is it quick, is it like uh, quick cuts? Is that... Well, there's, the, there's the quick cuts. There's the, the cutaways. There's the... There's, uh, the Just the angles of the punches that he's showing them that, A, no one could see an angle this way. Um, it just seems like it is so... I hate to say it because I like this director, but it's so like I just got out of film school and <laughs> I learned a bunch of cool new tricks and I'm going to use every single one of them in my finale. And that's just it kills it for me. We're going looper talk, man. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I I will say right now, this is not my favorite fight of the series. I will I will admit to that right now after rewatching it and the blood thing does annoy me to all to all, to no end. I like the the Mickey stuff. That was cool because it's the same kind of camera shots that were used earlier when he goes yep. to the gym and you get the the talk with the cuffling and all this and that. That was cool. That's the angel in the corner theme. I like that. I dig that. Uh, the gun, the the Duke stuff is stupid, but I like all the guys that are just like around him, the TV guys. Yeah, the I mean, neighborhood. There, there is. I like that. That's cool. Yep. And, and just yeah. beating the hell out of Tommy was awesome. I like the slow mo stuff when he gets hit and it's like, come on, Balboa. I don't know why. I, I usually hate that stuff in movies. 
this one it works for me but I can see your point with the quick cuts because I did think there were a few even though I thought that the punches landed very well for me the second half uh the the sweep stuff if that was like in the beginning would have been like made like the first half like flawless but the second half the best stuff is the leg sweep stuff uh and then like the hitting in the back of the head you know where he grabs yeah. his arm and cracks yeah, yeah. the back of the head with his elbow and then he does the two leg sweeps that was great uh but it the first half of the fight is better than the second half i can you know i definitely i can agree with you on that but overall though man i don't have as much of an issue with it as you do see i think a lot of it is too because throughout this entire movie i have an issue with all of the fight scenes um all the fight scenes because there's yeah. a lot i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fight scenes with the kid i mean because that one kid no. kevin Con- uh, Connolly, who's uh, goes into entourage later on yeah uh this is his first film i like the kid fight with the bully that was awesome oh, that's cool no i'm talking when when he finally gets tommy in there you know they he gets tommy in the ring first the fight montage that they show, you know, they get, he gets Tommy in the ring and I thought it was kind of cool how it's the same ring, the same shot, same lit, exactly the same. You're talking as, the Jesus picture, right? As, as, as in the first one, right? everything's exactly the same. It's lit exactly the same yep. as Rocky versus spider Rico. Right, right. I thought that was cool. That was awesome. But, the, but then you get into, you get into the fight montage and the go for it montage, right? It, it it is the weakest fight montage in the entire franchise. Uh, what? Let's talk about the song. Oh, that's no. That's you don't not a, you don't like that song? Go for it. I don't like. Are you talking about the the new rap theme that they put in there? Uh, yeah. The to be or not to be dope yeah, no. is the question. Yeah, that, that is no. You hate that song? I hate it with a. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All of these things, and especially that, and the the updating of the music in this movie. It's all hip hop, baby. Right. It it it's funny because this movie is the second most recent of the Rocky movies, but this movie to me feels easily the most dated of all the Rocky movies. This movie is the most tied to its times. You know, the soundtrack is so tied to a certain time. Yeah, that I it's agree not that. timeless. You know exactly when you're watching this. Oh, this must have been early '90s. Yeah, I can agree you know? with that. And so that ruins it for me because the rest of them are timeless. I could watch Rocky Four, and yeah, a lot of the stuff is dated to the '80s, but but you could watch it and it it brings back the same emotions. This one, it's like, ooh, that's really early '90s. So it it basically is no easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh man, good times, man. So if this song came up in your iPod, would you listen to it? No. No? (laughs) They would have no business being in my iPod. You don't like rap music? You hate it? I love rap rap music. I don't like this song. I like this song. Thank you very much. I do. All right. Very good. It's good stuff. Uh, But I agree with you 100%, though, that it definitely dates this movie because it was – the whole hip-hop switch was very weird because you have the whole – like, I mean, obviously the rock stuff really hit in number four but i mean you build off eye of the tiger and you play it out all the time and then you do hearts on fire and then you switch to rap what is up with that i mean it's, it's not like it's not like he you know the, his pupil that he takes under his arm is like some 
street tough hip hop kid, you know? He's not. He get some kid from Oklahoma. I, I mean, he's definitely not the kid in Rocky Balboa. You know, that would make sense. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But he, he's not Steps. Exactly. You know, it would make sense. So I, I can I like the song, but I agree. It uh it it I don't know, man. It's like I like the song in itself. Like I could stick it on my iPod, listen to okay, it. Okay, so standalone you like the song. But standalone I like the song, yeah. And I like the message. I like go for it. I like that tagline go for it because it works for the kid. But to switch from rock to this is is so out of place. I mean, it's like going to uh, a Guns N' Roses concert and they're playing country music. It, it, it's weird. All right. As long as we're talking about the soundtrack, my final biggest gripe about this soundtrack and just ruining, leaving a bad taste in my mouth. So the movie ends, final credits, you get Measure of a Man. Yeah, what is That is a train wreck of a song. If if you truly think this is the final Rocky movie, Rock's going out. This is how this is the last thing I get. This <laughs> horrendous song. This song sucks. Dude, why of all the songs you have so many songs you could go back to if you I mean, but if you want to come up with a new one, this can't be the one you settle on. And did you hear the other songs that are in the montage? Not the Go For It, but the ones they play after Go For It? Those are terrible. Th- that's what I'm saying, man. This is of of a franchise that has great soundtracks that live on. This soundtrack is awful. It is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have Go For It in my iPod, but it's the only song from the soundtrack I have. Because the song it's in itself, I dig. And like I said, I like the message you go for. But I wish they would have did something different with this. Because like Take It Back Hip Hop doesn't work, man. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, come on. I mean, what were they thinking with this? I mean, obviously, Stallone had some control on this movie. Way more than he did on 4. I mean, but I didn't think he was a big hip hop fan. Because in all I of his movies... Just, I think... I, I'm thinking that a note came down from the studio that said... You know what's big right now? It's hip-hop. If we get some hip-hop in there, that would be great. Or, or he did it himself. Like, oh, yeah, that would be, we could tie ourselves into a new hip young audience. You know, Rocky's an older guy. We could tie ourselves into a hip young audience if we get some hip-hop. But it was, it's just another, it's just these are more things that are just tearing bricks down out of this wall. I just, you know, another thing I don't like about this movie. I mean, in all honesty, this is a very sad movie. I mean, as a it whole, is. as a whole, it's a sad movie. I really enjoy the the this this basic storyline of this movie. I really like. I like the fact that you know that Tommy shows up and reinvigorates Rocky. I like that Tommy shows up, gives him purpose. That Rocky's able to step into Mickey's shoes and kind of mold his own Rocky. I like these things, you know, but. There's just so many things that they chose to do that kind of took away from that base story that it just ruins the movie for me. All right. So let's go back. Obviously, we kind of talked about the fight Um, going back to, you know, they move into the house. Polly's, you know, trying to say, hey, you know, it's it's cool. You know, this is an okay house. Everybody is trying to convince themselves that things are better than they really are, that they really want to admit. And I like, as you said, the street life hustle uh, talk was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I dig that. 
you know, basically the first half of the film, I'm, I really dig. You know, I like how Tommy comes in. Uh, you see it's Rocky. Got some heart to it. Yeah, Rocky, he's taking over the Mick role, and you see Tommy come in, and he's just like, I just want to show you what I got. He's like, you know what? Uh, he goes, uh, you know, I, I really can't help you, but yeah, you got what it takes, but I ain't going to be no manager, you know? And you, you go back to the old school days where agent's just like, you know, I'm sorry. She stands up the Duke, which is amazing. She's just like, you know, and he's just like, well, maybe we should get Miss Balboa to fight. She obviously has more cojones and, and he doesn't know, which is a funny scene with Paul. What are cojones? What are cojones? And he goes, uh, it's Spanish for, uh, you know, uh, Spanish balls. And, which I don't quite understand because he says cojones. He doesn't write the word cojones. So why would Rocky assume that there's a J in the word? Right. And he goes, <laughs> this guy's going to get his cojones knocked out, which I, I thought was funny. Um, and unfortunately you you kind of see it coming as Polly says later on in the film well i saw this coming where the kid gets replaced uh i i like the conflict between father and son because those are you know we again we had that in karate kid 3 mr miyagi versus daniel the the teenager which he did he wasn't a rebellious teenager until rocky turned his back on him which that's the thing though is they that's that's so junior doesn't want his dad's attention at all, right? Rocky's trying to be there for him. Like, look, I'm home now all the time. You know, let, let me help you. What do you mean he's, he didn't want his attention? Because he wanted his attention. He was but showing. He doesn't him. want. He doesn't want Rocky around. You know, he's going to school. He's starting. He, you know, Rocky's trying to tell him things. He's like, yeah, Dad, I know. You know, I, I got this. I got this. You know, and and then he starts getting bullied. And he starts getting beat up. You know, and and even when he, you know, he comes home and his jacket's stolen. You know, Rocky's like, what happened? Like, no, just leave me alone. You know. He doesn't really want Rocky to be there until Tommy shows up. And all of a sudden, Tommy shows up, and all of a sudden, the kid starts becoming all jealous and pouty because, well, wait a minute, you're taking away my dad. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get that, man. I mean, I thought that they were they were close. He he was worried about his dad because he comes home and he starts really kind of going off. And Polly's Polly's just like, you know, he took the worst beating of his life, kid. You know, he's like, dad, okay. And he was totally walking with them. It was just when they got to the schoolyard. I mean, I'm sorry. I love my mom, but when my mom walked me to the schoolyard, I didn't want her to be there because it's embarrassing to have your parents drop you off. You're at a new school. It's your first day. You don't want your parents there dropping you off because it makes you look weak. So I totally got that scene. I wasn't getting that vibe at all. See, I got it through the beginning. Once they got back to the neighborhood, you know, I'm sure there's some shame with the kid, you know, having to go back and all this stuff. I just got that, you know, he he wanted I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out on my own, you know, and that's why he started getting he started getting beat up. And, and it wasn't until Tommy showed up that all of a sudden he started you'd see him looking on as as Rocky's, you know, showing him some punches down in the basement. He's showing Tommy some punches and this and that. Also, you see him kind of looking on like, oh, oh, wait a minute. That's my dad. Yeah, I mean, you know? he he got bullied just because, number one, they saw Rocky there, so they knew He's the that, rich kid. Yeah, he's the rich kid. And, and then they just, he didn't fight back or he didn't know how to fight, so you were going to pick on him. It's not until you stand, unfortunately, it's not until you stand up for yourself and you beat the crap out of somebody that all of a sudden you can become best friends, which is how it happens in this film, which is funny. But I, I didn't get that vibe, man. But, I mean, of course, he, the jealousy kicks in, just like as it should. Kids would be jealous of their parents having, like, a new friend, you know, taking away the attention. I'm sure 
that's got to happen in your life, you know. So, I mean, I totally went with this stuff. Uh, unfortunately, I thought it happened a little too fast. You know, it's like, how did Rocky not know what he was doing to his kid? Right. You know, th- that was kind of like a little bit frustrating, but, you know, it was like, okay, Tommy is making me feel alive again uh, kind of thing. But it's like when he fully goes when he fully goes against him at, at Christmas and he's just like, Adrian, yeah. what did I do? Well, I don't know, man. You know, there's some things that you do in your life where you are kind of blind and it's not until somebody points it out to you. Then you're like, duh, you know, why didn't I realize that? So I can I can go along with this scene because I've been in that position before where I've been doing stupid crap that I thought was cool and it wasn't until someone close to me points out to me he's like you know what you're being a real you know whatever Good yeah exactly and you're just like well why and it's like hello this is what you've been doing you don't even realize it you know like the the normal conversation with my wife is like well you were yelling at me no I wasn't you're like yes you were. I'm like, you may not have thought you were yelling at me, but the way that you said it, you were yelling at me, you know? So we've had to have those kind of conversations where I have to really be careful how I say something because it can come across like I'm yelling, you know? So it's like, I I go with it, man. It's cool. So. All right. (laughs) Boy, this is going, this is fun, man. We never had heated conversations before. I love it. I don't know, man. Oh. All right, so so what do you think about the the uh, scene? They're sitting at the kitchen table. They have the dining room table. They have Tommy over. Yep. And he's explaining. You know, he's kind of giving his history. You know, they're talking about dads. I dig it. You know, he's explaining. You know, the, the first guy I ever beat up was my dad. Right. You know, and so it flashes right away. You're like, okay, so this guy's got daddy issues from Jump Street, and then they show him sparring, and He's supposed to take it easy, start sparring, and he starts just beating the snot out of his sparring partner. Well, that happened before, though. Was that okay? That was right before. Yeah, that's that's where Tommy comes in. He's like, "Let me show you what I got." And it's not until he gets kicked out where he meets him on the street and's like, "Look, I'm not hustling you, man. I'm just asking for a chance." You know, he's like, "Called boxing. This ain't no mugging." Right. And then he's like, "Are you hungry?" He goes, "Yeah." And then he brings him over to dinner, and then he just. Uh, up and invites him to stay over and Adrian's just like do you know you know what is up do you know this guy yeah he hits hard it's like Polly likes him because I mean technically this is kind of Polly's fault because Polly's like you hear that Rocco what's that he goes that's uh that's opportunity knocking you know and then he's just like yo Rocco you know he's like you, you your ship's sinking you know it's like in a way it's kind of Polly's fault that Tommy came in to to their house and stuff. I don't know, man. It just if to me it feels like some some of the blame is on Polly, you know. I hear you. Um. So, anyways, you were saying about the table scene. So he's got daddy yeah, yeah. issues, so right? Yeah, you start seeing his daddy issues, right? Right. Where he 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 has a problem with with authority. So you know, okay. So at some point, this is gonna come back to bite you. Okay. You know, at some point, uh, he's gonna he's gonna lose it. Because he he doesn't like being told what to do, you know. Um, I thought it was decent foreshadowing about what's what's about to happen. It was pretty obvious, but um, I thought that was kind of cool. It was kind of a cool scene, you know, for for a guy who has never acted before and really has never hasn't acted since. You know, Tommy Morrison did a decent job. Yeah. In this movie. You know, and a scene like that was was probably one of his 
more convincing. Yeah, well, in the scene that required the most out of him. Yeah, the boxing scenes are boxing. He's a boxer. You know, I was a big Tommy Morrison fan uh, before this. Oh, okay. Big, big follower of his coming up through through the amateur ranks and stuff. I remember hearing about him because he was first off because the big pub about him was that he was John Wayne's ne- uh, great nephew. Right, right. So that was always the big thing. You know, oh man, you know Tommy the Duke. Um, and so, you know, it was like, oh, okay, we got this guy who's never acted before. This would be cool to see. Um, I thought for the most part he pulled it off. You know, it it hasn't led to any other parts since then. But Yeah, I mean, he made an impression on me so much that I wanted to follow his boxing career after this, which, you know, I mean, obviously would be a good thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I get uh, actually the Union Kane uh, was a real fighter as well. And after yeah. this movie... They were gonna have the real Kane versus Gun match, right. but he got he got hurt, so they had to cancel that match. So you never got to see that. But that was supposed to be a real life match, which Union Kane, uh, just another useless guy in this film like Duke. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, he's he's not as annoying, but man, I I think the worst scene of Duke by far is uh, that press conference. <laughs> man it's just terrible yeah it's just like and then the after this after the press conference just like you there's no way about it. you're never gonna get out of his shadow you know and tommy's just like i mean his his accent really comes out in that <laughs> scene where he's frustrated but i man i i honestly can't say there's one thing i like about this character i mean yeah. I, I gotta say out of out of the 97 movies that i reviewed on the show this is by far the worst uh, character I have ever seen in a film. I will take any character from any movie and give them two thumbs up compared to this guy. Absolutely terrible. I can't stand this guy. Uh, very good. Awesome. I agree. So glad we agree on something. Good deal. Well, we already agreed on that, but I'm just emphasizing my fact of how terrible this guy is. Yeah. Uh, so the kid versus Tommy thing. I mean, the kid right away, he's just like, you're going in my, you're going to my room, which I like how they kind of played it off at the end. He stole my room, which is probably the worst line that he has it's in the whole film. Terrible. Dude. The, the way of he all says the things that. to yell out as your dad is in a fight for his life. He took my room. He took my room. That, like, oh. yeah, that was pretty bad. I, I thought that was pretty terrible. That was like the the worst line that he had in the film. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, the whole kid versus Tommy, you know, and, and Rocky and, and Tommy, and we get the, we get the training stuff. So you said the training montage is yeah. the worst of the of, whole series, All right? the training montages. I mean, is it because it's not Rocky or what's your, no, what's just, your thing? I don't know. It's mostly the music. For one thing, because <laughs> well, that, the training, that's where the playing go for it at that time. Training montages are built on the music, right? All of them. Any montage, your Karate Kid fight montage, your Rocky training montages, are driven by the music behind it, right? The right. inspirational music gets you fired up. That's what you remember about these montages for the most part. Right, right, agree. And so when you, when for me, when I hate the song that they're playing and think it doesn't belong there at all. I'm sure you put other music, you put any of the other songs from the previous ones behind it. You're like, oh, okay, you know, that's cool. But this one, it just it just pulled me out of it. And like, what is this? We you know, should, why should, is this here? We should do a YouTube video where we no, take put, that and re- put it uh, no easy way out or something. In there. Yeah, yeah. See how it plays out, you know. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but what I do like though is the kid. How you how they show the kid being kind of trained. You have yeah. like the side guy that kind of carries the spit. It's kind of showing him how to fight and stuff. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I kind of like that. That was stuff. That was good. Uh, now um, I can't stand that girl. The guy, that girl that that Duke brings to Tommy. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, is she terrible? I mean, <laughs> she doesn't really say anything. She's until, just arm candy. Yeah, until you get to to the end. You know, the whole we got to be there in ten minutes. You know, and oh, you yeah. you got anything to say about her? No. Nothing. Awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm not giving her my words. Good good man. All right. So uh I love the the kid whipping the bully scene. Schoolyard fight scene. That was cool. That was great. Uh I like how the little kids jump on the fence and, and stuff and I like how the kid says uh you know if you want to end this let's end it now, you yeah. know. That was pretty cool. I dug that. Uh and then we have uh this is where you realize during the montage that Tommy has like Drago's power. But he has he has like personality. He's like basically Drago with personality, if you will. Okay. How so? The re- what I mean by that with personality is that he has like the power. You know, the, obviously he's not on steroids, but I mean he's got like powerful punches. He's knocking dudes out, but uh, he has no heart. You know, in regards to you could just tell he's all about the power and uh, he has no heart, but he has personality. You know, it's like he's got a good smile and and the fans like him and stuff and. And because he's, I guess, Rocky Shadow, but that's because I think it's because what's his motivation? His motivation is anger. I believe, I, you know, I think he he obviously you you know there's the the training scene where he he almost kills his sparring partner. You know, they have to tear him off him. It seems you know, he says, "I just black out. I see my dad in the ring every time I get in there." You know, that that's his motivation is anger. When that's your motivation to fight, that only carries you so far. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but, I mean, he he does have a, a crap load of power, uh, but he obviously not as much as Drago had in the last one. And it, okay. to me, it was just during the montages, I could just see it's like, you know, he's got he's got a little bit more personality than Drago, but he definitely has no heart, as as we'll get later on in the film but the montages show that he fights just like rocky he is just he is his mentor's protege as he just stands there with his hands down getting punched in the face (laughs) just like good old rock yeah that's waiting to load up on that big punch so let's talk about the cufflinks so we get this uh you know thing where mickey gives rocky the cuffling and rocky marciano right and then he you would think he would give it to his kid, but he wants to give it to Tommy and Adrian, you know, gets all pissed off, which he should. So was this introduced in any other movie? Is this just a random Rocky five thing? I can't remember. Um, it was really heavily used in Rocky five. I believe it was introduced earlier in the franchise, but then it disappeared because in other movies, he's wearing a cross around his neck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's just all of a sudden it's a plot device that, they came up with like, oh, well, remember that cufflink we talked about? Uh, let's let's use that as something. Yeah. Because you know, it, they show it a lot before he even talks about it. Yeah. What I like, though, is, uh, you know, at the Christmas at the Christmas thing, when, uh, you know, Duke shows up and stuff, and Adrian, she 
relies on Polly. She's just like, you deal with them. And and how often does she do that? You know, it's basically, uh, you know, she was the weak one in part one, and then she got by part three, she could have easily, you know, kicked his rear end. Uh, but if she's having Polly take care of it, not only is she disgusted, but it's like she kind of has confidence in her brother that he's going to get the job done. And then when he brings him in, She's like, what are you doing, Polly? You know, I kind of like that. It was kind of cool. It was kind of like showing the where I don't know, like their relationship was kind of being repaired mm-hmm. in a in a way. You know, it's like where she's even though he lost all their money, she still has faith enough in him that you know I don't want to deal with this. Please take care of it for me. I have enough faith in you that you'll he's still he's still her big brother. Yeah, and you know you're not just you're not just a drunk or whatever. But I love when he's Santa Claus though. He's like, move over, chubby. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Merry, Merry Xmas, yo, yo, yo. You know, yeah. it's great. A- anything with Polly is 100% solid in this movie. And yeah. I and I love it when uh, he's just uh, telling Rocky, you know, chill, chill out. Uh, well, I guess that's a little bit later in regards to like when Rocky's watching the fight and he's like, yeah. ah, screw that guy. He's got no heart or whatever. But, yep. you know, let's talk about this Christmas scene. Uh, you know, this is where the kid explodes in, in the girl that he likes is just like, boy, your family's weird. And he goes, tell mm-hmm. me about it. Uh, and Rocky's just like, you know, we're trying to be a family. And the kid just goes off as he should. And that's when Rocky realizes that he doesn't know what he did wrong. And that's when Adrian's just like, you need to go talk to him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that we get the best scene. If for me, the best scene in this film is Adrian and Rocky in the street. Out in the street. That's the best. That's my favorite scene of the whole A film. A plus. A plus. I mean, pretty much every favorite scene of mine has always been with Rocky and Adrian. And as I said, for me, this is the Rocky and Adrian story. But that scene is just so good because. And this is one of their better scenes together in all the movies, I it, think. It is because she says, all those, it's like she almost cried through this because she's like, all those people you beat, I took those beatings with you. You know, you, every person you beat, you beat them with heart. You know, it's just like she sums up this whole franchise in a, like, in a two minute speech. And it was just phenomenal because he just starts to go off and, uh, as married couples do. And she's just like, she just puts him in his place. And the, the line that kills me is you're losing us. You're losing your family. That kills me, man. That the way she delivers that line, man, tears, baby. That's all yeah. I got to say. Yeah. That, yeah, that's excellent, excellent scene. And there's little scenes like this that redeem this movie for me. Is And I totally get the issues that people are having. You know, more you have more of them than I do, per se. But uh, this scene, though, man, I man, I don't know. As you said, man, it's the best of, of, their, of, of their relationship together. So. Yeah. Good stuff. I agree. Um, so I think I, we, we really haven't talked about the uh, the whole betrayal. You know, he kind of alluded to it when he's watching when he's watching Tommy fight. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the betrayal. How do you, um, you know, because basically Rocky's like, he's trying to be like Nick. He doesn't want him to get a title shot because he wants him to have enough uh, experience. You know, right. the, you don't know what your, your fighter is, but... You know, you have Duke, who's just all about getting Rocky to fight because all he cares about is the money and stuff. Yep. But the thing I like with the betrayal, though, is Tommy always has a conscience during this, you know, where he's just like, should I take the money for the $20,000, you know? But it is the most money I've ever seen. 
and where Rocky will just say something to him like in the car when he's trying to drive away and he's just like, this guy doesn't want anything to do with you. He wants to, to dry you up and then spit you out, you know, kind of talk. See, but that's the, the, the thing I, I like, but also has the downside to it is, you know, I like the, the slow turn of him, you know, when he shows up at Christmas Right. And, you know, obviously he still he they kind of play him off as a hayseed from here on out where he shows up and he's got the car and the girl and he's like, hey, check it out. Rock, look at this. You know, and Rocky's like, dude, what do you know? You got to get this back. And like, no way. You know, and he he still obviously cares enough about Rocky that he, he shows up at his house. You know, and he wants to show him like, look, you know, look what I got, you know. And then that goes to instantly. You know, Rocky watching him fight and, and it, you know, and Tommy saying, oh, I owe everything to the guy who got me there, blah, 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 George Washington Duke. Here's what I want to say about that before you go on. I love how Adrian and the kid always knew about Tommy, but at that moment you could see on their face where they're like, oh, they might give, they might give him the props, you know, and mm-hmm. it, they almost had like a little tiny bit of like, oh, is he going to do it? You know, because Rocky the whole time knows I'm going to get it, you know, because he's, yeah. he's trying to do the fight with them. He's trying to do the fight through him. Paul he's like, just, even though he left me, I'm still here for him. And yeah. I'm, cause he'll come back, you know, and, and I'm going to be here for him. To me, this is the second best scene of the film because you have Paulie who's just like, ah, f- screw him, you know, whatever. And He's then, a bump. yeah, and then you have the kid where they're, you could tell the relationship uh, is so much better now. And Adrian's just like, you know, they're, they're not frustrated with each other anymore, but they know that Tommy, that Rocky still needs to let Tommy go. But that mm-hmm. one moment where he's doing his thanks, I love the look on their faces of just, of hope. You know, they had hope that Tommy was going to come to his senses and thank Rocky. And the moment didn't happen, everybody's face dropped. And I love that. That was excellent. But see, this is this is another issue I have with this film then is, so you go from, there's no real, that I remember, there's no real ill will between them at this point, right? Between you, Tommy and Rocky. Uh, the only ill will is that Tommy is frustrated that Rocky... That he's not progressing him fast enough. Will not give, give him a title shot. Right. But so that goes instantly to him hating rock and Tommy's daddy issues precluding him from using his better judgment and just going at, out for revenge against Rocky. No, no, it, it, it wasn't I mean, just a snap. It was at the press conference that he gets pissed off. Right. But it's the fact that he's used as a puppet by Duke to just to turn and for some reason go after Rocky. Dude, Duke is a manipulator. He's a he phenomenal is, but manipulator. But, you know, it's it's it just doesn't make any sense to me that, like, okay, so I got this kid. He's the champ. Now I'm going to use him to exact revenge on this retired fighter for what? It, it, you know, and, it, and to be able to turn him and all of a sudden use Tommy's daddy issues to go and fire him up to go fight his mentor, it just seems so fast and so heavy-handed the way it was done you know well here's the thing he didn't know that he had daddy issues only rocky did his whole thing was that you know rocky we're all gonna have at christmas time he's like you still train him 
and we're all going to work together and we're all going to be cool and calm about it. I want to make a crap load of money and you and Tommy work great together, but it's not at the press conference that both of their attitudes change. When, when everybody is attacking uh, Tommy and even Duke's like, I got nothing. I can't say anything to defend him because Rocky was the greatest champ ever. You know, it'll take him maybe one day Tommy will be able to live up to him. It's right. not until after the press conference where they both decide Rocky, you have to beat Rocky to get out of his shadow. So I wouldn't say it's a flip of the coin kind of thing. I It was a progression, especially the ultimate frustration was after that press conference because he didn't know he had daddy issues. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just seems so, for me, it just seems so heavy-handed the way they, they turned him all of a sudden, you know, I don't know. It, it is what we'll it is. We'll get into this at the end, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, um, we get to my favorite scene of the whole entire series, and that's when, uh, you know, Rocky and Polly. hey, I need to put some brewskis around my lips, you know, and mm-hmm. they're at the bar, I talked about this before, but seeing it was awesome where, uh, you know, Tommy comes in and and I love Paulie. He's just like, you're just a bum. You know, you got no class. You got no class. And he slams the door. I love that. It's so Paulie. Everybody's like, come on, Rock, you know. And and he's just like, you know, Tommy, you're a bum. You know, he just starts going off on him and then Tommy hits him. And we get the death look, baby. The music there, rock solid killer, baby. Yeah. Now I remember why I love that scene so much because the music of Bill Conti right there is like Mr. Miyagi pissed off music or something. I love it, man. It's great. That's why it's my favorite scene because he gives the deaf look. He goes, yo, you try knock, you try, you knocked him down. Why don't you try knocking me down now? My ring's outside. Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot about he the says, my ring's outside. I want my respect. Well, come and get it. Yeah. And then we get into the, you know, fight that we talked about forever. So, uh-huh. um, I don't know, man. What else? What's your story? I mean, what else do you got to say about this? Uh, I just, I mean, I like I said before, is I, I like the basic story of the, you know, of, of everything with the him being reinvigorated by Tommy and kind of him stepping into Mickey's shoes and all that. I like that. But I think the whole thing that failed with this movie was besides the soundtrack, obviously, <laughs> was that there was just way too many storylines and they didn't flesh out any of them, really. I mean, it, you know, you have the, the fall of the champ. That's a good storyline. You know, him him going back to the neighborhood. That's a good storyline. Readjusting to the ghetto. Then you get the, the story of the son being bullied, the, the father versus son dynamic they have, the managing a new pupil, the betrayal of that, the you know, the, the whole shady promoter coming in. It's like all these little storylines and characters that could have been cool on their own and it's like they tried jamming way too many things in this movie and weren't able to flesh everything out and it just the movie comes out jumbled to me well it's so disjointed from one part to the other it doesn't flow for me at all i i can see where you're going with the multiple storylines but fleshed out i mean what wasn't flushed out because you you just named a whole bunch of them and those were all taken care of the bully thing was taken care of you had the acceptance of where they are all right the the the, the I, I think the whole rocky tommy dynamic just never felt like it flowed to me i think it just felt so disjointed from the beginning from the time tommy showed up outside the gym that it just it seemed like there were missing steps in between everything that they did. And 
I, I just I never get a nice flow of this movie. It never has the 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 flow of the previous movies, especially the first couple. Is as you're meeting this new character who's you know basically the new Rocky in this movie. You know, you know it, it just. None of that seemed like they fleshed it out. It seemed like it was it was sped up, like they just took shortcuts and used Duke to explain a lot of things and him cuts of him doing his, you know, running his mouth to kind of get from one spot to the next. And it just I I didn't like any of that. Okay. So let's say they went with the original ending because in the original script, Rocky's killed during the final fight. Yeah. Dies in Adrian's arms, uh, which you said it was test screen, but I didn't I didn't find that information. Yeah, I remember anywhere. hearing that, but then when I was reading stuff, I didn't see it. But I, I had heard that before. I, I might be wrong. It was him, the director in the studio all had second thoughts, rewrote the ending. Um, so and that's a good idea. So I was going to say, had that <laughs> had that happened, I mean, how would you have felt? <laughs> that would have been that would have just made this not just the worst Rocky movie, but one of the worst movies that would have been terrible. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All I, right. I, I agree. I, all I know is I go to the man himself. All right. Sylvester Stallone himself, the writer of the movie, the star of the movie, he rated every single Rocky movie and he gave this one a zero. Really? Yes. I know he said that, uh, afterwards that he was not satisfied with, with the character and and I'll be honest with you, uh, we haven't got there yet. But when we get to Rocky Balboa, I did not want to see this movie because I was done with Rocky and I thought that this movie was going to be trash. It wasn't until I saw Rambo and I said this Rambo is better than the other three Rambos. This Rambo was incredible. I wonder what he's going to do with Rocky, mm-hmm. and that's what made me watch Rocky Balboa. And uh, you know when we when we get there next episode. I got a lot of things to say about that movie, but uh, I can't wait. Uh, this movie is the only Rocky movie to lose money. This movie was a bomb at the box office. Well, it, it had a budget of forty-two million and made one hundred and nineteen million. This no, no. It, yeah, that's what I'm reading. At home. I read. I read a quote directly from him that said it's the only Rocky film to lose money. I'm assuming with advertising and all that other stuff, probably. That could be, but yeah, this is the only film that lost. Lost money, so the studio pulled out from behind Rocky as well. Okay, so the rating-wise, what what was his thing? What did he say? Uh, from what I was reading, is he they uh, uh, several years ago they had him just rate all his all the Rocky movies. You okay, know? and uh, he gave Rocky Five a zero stars. Do you remember which one he gave the highest to? No, I don't. That wasn't in there. Okay, I wonder if he likes four. More than you know, just like everybody else. I'm guessing one probably gets the best. Yeah, I would think so. Because I mean, that's really without that movie. I'd be shocked if if the original Rocky didn't get his top score. Yeah, I mean, without that movie, there is no Stallone. I mean, no doubt about it. He wasn't getting nominated for anything off Rocky three and four. I am gonna say this, man. Since I've watched this Rocky series, I never really gave Stallone any acting chops before. I always put him in the league of Stallone of Schwarzenegger because Schwarzenegger, he is just he's my favorite action star. But it's not because he's a great actor. But Stallone has a lot of good acting chops that I never gave him credit for. That I'm very thankful that I went back through this whole series. And I, I mean, he's really good actor. I have to say. 
So yeah, like we said last episode, you know, when he's he, I don't think he gets enough credit for the things that he does in his genre. You talk about the Rocky movies, you talk about the Rambo movies, and I agree with you specifically about the the latest Rambo movie. Um, it was brutal, very it was really. I, really brutal. I believe but, it has the most body count of any film. It definitely has the most children dying in it. I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you talk about even the Expendables, which you know people bag on, you know, because sure, as great at as films, quote unquote, they're not great movies. You know, they're not great, but they're they do what they're meant to do. And as a writer, as a director, and as a star, he knows what he is. You know, over over this the. 40 years, 30 some years he's been in Hollywood. He's learned by taking the beatings, you know, at the box office is the highs and the lows. He's learned what he is. Right. And I don't think he fools himself anymore. And I think that's what what's making him so great in this second chapter of his life is he's, you know, this is what I do best. And so when he wrote and did Rambo and he did Rocky Balboa and the Expendables, I think it's, it really shows what he has, you know, and I, I, I think a lot of people kind of look at that going, you know, hey, you know what? He's not bad. He's better than I remembered him being because there was a string in the nineties where he was making some, in the early two thousands, he was making some terrible choices. I love demolition man and tango and cash. Those right. are two of my favorites, right. but I mean, but stop or my that, mom. After will demolition shoot. man, it starts to get really ugly. Yeah. You know, I mean, through the through the mid late '90s into the early 2000s, I mean, he's making Driven and he's making Get Carter and these movies that are just so forgettable. So, what do you think happened to Bullet to the Head? What what was the problem with that one? Because I, I still know, haven't seen that. Yeah, I don't know because I had high expectations for that. That one just seemed like it was an interesting idea, and I, you know what, I'd have to look it up to see what his involvement was in as far as writing or if that was just a movie that he starred in yeah he starred he didn't write that film yeah i know that for a fact okay so i mean i think that was just one of those things where like all right well he's hot again you know here's a cool it had an interesting idea but it was just horribly fleshed out okay you know it's just it was stupid all right so let's wrap this up sir um Ending wise, you know, him and the kid are great. He gets a cuffling and they, you know, they have the terrible song, but they have all the end credits of the best of the hits, which I, I dig. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything to say about the ending before we give the rating? No, just that measure of a man should no, be nowhere near a Rocky movie. Right. Uh, um, were you going to give your story? I'm really interested to hear oh, story. It's, just a, it's a stupid story. It's just every time I think of Rocky Five, it reminds me of when this movie came out. I was uh, in Washington, D.C. This movie just come out on pay-per-view, actually. I didn't see this one in the theater. Um, it just came out on, on pay-per-view. I was in Washington, D.C. on a school trip. And uh, we were staying at a hotel. And uh, there was four of us, you know, high school kids in, in each room. And we were watching on the pay-per-view channel. The trailer for Rocky Five was on a loop. And we just sit there and watch it and watch it. And finally, we said, screw it. We ordered it. You know, we're not supposed to order any pay-per-view, you know, because the, school, the school's paying for it. Um, so we ordered Rocky Five, and we ordered, like, the 24-hour block of it. Right. And proceeded to spend that entire night and the following evening with every boy our age. He was, you know, like, we were, like, 14, 15 years old at the time. 
every kid was in our room and we watched Rocky five uh, like 10 times. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount of times. It just, it would just end and start over and end and start over. And we stayed up all night watching it. And the, that entire weekend we watched, we'd walk around Washington DC taking in all of these amazing things. And all it was, was a bunch of stupid teenage kids, teenage boys walking around the Lincoln Memorial Quoting Rocky Five, you knock him down. Why don't you try knocking me down? <laughs> Just that's all it was. Not appreciating anything. Quoting the stupid movie, the entire time. We, I know for a fact, we drove people nuts as we're standing in front of the eternal flame in Arlington Cemetery, and it's go for it. You go for it. You know, <laughs> Just, right? You gotta go for it. Well, go for it then. You know, it's just oh man, it just brings back that memory. It just cracks me up of how many times I watched this movie at once. So back then, you really dug this movie. I dug the quotability of this movie for sure. Okay. And, and yeah, I liked it much better then because I was a big Tommy Morrison fan, like I said. And yeah, it's Rocky, you know? All right. All right. So rating wise, I'm very interested to hear your score. And for my score, I got some reasons behind it. So go ahead. What's yours? All right. Uh, this movie for me, like I say, I like there are things I like about this movie. And I do like that final fight in as a fight if all the things I talked about were cut out of it. Um, but everything that I don't like keeps knocking it down a peg in a, at a time. And uh, I give this one one and a half stars. Really? Yep. You're going that low? Yeah. Wow. Man, you know what I feel like right now? I honestly feel like I am listening to another podcast and I'm just like one of those, man, if only they heard my score. I wonder what would happen. <laughs> All right, here, here's the deal. Here's what I'm going to go with, and uh, here's what I'm sticking with. Okay, so from the beginning, I said that this was the Rocky and Adrian story, and I had that lacking in number three, and I said number four fixed that. In this movie, I get just, I think, the most amount of Adrian I've ever had in all these movies. Uh, I got to see full character come full circle with her. And uh, there are a lot of things that I like. Uh, the issues that I have, I have uh, pointed out with you. And, you know, the first movie I gave five. The second one I gave five. Uh, three I gave four and a half. And then uh, four I gave five. So there's no way that I would ever give this movie five stars. There's just no way. Um, this movie, That's a relief. right. This movie is the most, uh, vivid in my head because I think I've seen it the most because it was always on cable. And I think during my hip hop phase, I was digging the soundtrack, but then as I kind of grew up and I can definitely all, as your points have pointed out, it doesn't work now. It's definitely a timepiece. And when you go back and you watch all these movies as we've been doing back to back to back, it doesn't flow right. So I would have to give this one a solid three and a half is what I would have to go with my score on this wow. Be because I really love the, uh, the fight at the end. I don't have the issues. If you cut out Duke, um, I hate that guy. Uh, he really knocks it down for me. I, I was going to say you're cutting out one of the, like the four major characters. Yeah. I love Polly. Polly's solid. Adrian's solid. Rocky's solid. I dig Tommy Morrison in this. Um, the kid, not too bad. There's a lot of things I like, and there's few things that I don't. It's definitely the weakest of the series for me, 
And uh, I'm hoping that Rocky Balboa will redeem this series and uh, kind of go to the quality that we've been used to having the past four movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, three and a half is I have more good memories and and a lot I can find a lot of better things in this movie that I dig and can forgive more than you can because you are more hard on films than I am, uh, which is obvious. But I mean, I, I think we did have a, a good perspective. I'm more the fan. You're more the critic on this film. And I, I definitely meet you halfway. Uh, hey, good for you, man. You enjoy it. That's that's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's definitely um, after watching Rocky Balboa and now watching it as a series, I can definitely tell you which ones I would watch and, uh, you, you know, over which one. And I could say that this one would be probably towards the bottom of the list, if not last. Yeah. Uh, which before, give me like 15 years ago, this would be number one. This is the one that I always watched because it was just fun and I wasn't really thinking and story and all that stuff just wasn't it. But I just, that street scene, man, is the best Adrian and Rocky scene of the whole, of the whole series. It's very good. And it's so powerful. It redeems so much for me that, and since this is the last time I see Adrian, it really bumps up two stars for me. Just that alone, just on that aspect alone, that scene gets, gives it two whole stars. So that that's kind of where I'm at, man. I was at a four uh, originally, and then as we've talked, I've dropped it down to three and a half. But that's a, that's the score I'm sticking with. It's three and a half. That's where I'm at. So fair enough. So uh, I think we've we've murdered this, sir. We've been at this for uh, an hour and forty six minutes. So Holy cow. yeah, and that's not usually us since the last episode ended at that point. So uh, do you want to hear what the STL Nation has to say, sir? Definitely. All right, let's do it. So uh, the first email, we only have two for this one. The first one comes from Sebastian. And uh, here's what Sebastian International has to say, sir. He has a few words for you, sir. Uh, <laughs> he's like, Bring it. He's like, hi, go for it, right? I just finished your Rocky IV review, and I have a problem with two historical-based uh, with your review. Number one, when Jameson said Rocky IV helped end communism, uh, uh, communism oh my god every time every time uh (laughs) it's a mimi before anyone knew what a mimi was rocky ford did not cause communism it's a combination of successful revolution and soviet client countries like uh romania hungary uh yugoslavia and economic and military turmoil back home that brought down communism in europe Rather, Rocky IV captured the tension between the United States and Russia. So that's point number one. So <laughs> I'll let you uh, fire back on that one, sir. I hope he's joking. I, I don't think I he truly understands the hope joke. he's joking. Yeah. Otherwise, he has no sarcasm meter at all. Because, <laughs> I mean, if I guess if you want to hear more how how Rocky uh, explains history, you can go to Sebastian's podcast, how Rocky explains history. Um, yeah, no, that was sarcasm, Sebastian. Okay. Number two, when Jameson said Cold War was almost over, Rocky four was released seven years before the end of the Cold War. Oh my Lord. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> you got anything to say, sir? I guess I should have let you know ahead of time what he had to say, huh? No, no, I'm glad you didn't. Okay. I'm glad you didn't. Um, sure. Valid I thought, point. I, th- I thought first impressions would be bad. <laughs> valid point, Sebastian. Congratulations. Okay, you, cool. You've bested me. All right, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So let's move on to the next one, sir. Our final one, of course, comes from John the Mailman. And uh, he's like, hello, Mike, America's co-host and STL. Great job on Rocky 3 and 4. Thank a, you. a lot of fun. Now we need a commentary for Rocky 4. Mm. Mm. So are you down for that, sir? You're doing a commentary episode? Maybe after the 100th episode we can do that. We yeah, can. let's, yeah, we'll, we'll bank that. Yeah. Uh, now Rocky 5. Rocky 5 gets a lot of hate, and I can only think it's because of 4. The great Rocky 4. You come from this great high. It's like going from Godfather 2 to Godfather 3. It takes a step down, but it's still very good. Parts I like. Number one, the return to Philly. Take it back. Terrible rap no. song. Uh, number two, the father and son story. I think the movie sells it pretty good. Number three, the training of Tommy Gunn. I think Rock going from fighter to trainer was the next step for him. I was going to say, you're probably going to go off on the training <laughs> of Tommy Gunn, but he's trying to say Rick, uh, yeah. Rock being a Mickey role. Uh, yeah, no- I agree. Number four, my ring's outside. I ain't hear no bell. No, one more round. Touch me and I'll sue was good times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say I miss Rocky in the Ring, his training montage, the great movie soundtrack. So, I mean, he definitely agrees on everything that we do. I mean, you have the issue with the Rocky in the Ring versus I don't. But mm-hmm. uh, four out of five when you come from Rocky five, nine point five out of five to this, it takes a major hit. Laugh out loud. Have a great show. John the Mailman considers the email delivered. So that is our email, sir. Excellent. Good time. So are you ready to move into the music spotlight, sir? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Here comes the ready and not. Here comes the boys from the south. Here comes the ready and not. How you like me now, I say. Here comes the boom, ready and not. Here comes the boys from the south. Here comes the boom, ready and not. How you like me now? All right, sir. So uh, I asked you to uh, pick the music for this one because. I only have a song picked out for Rocky Balboa, and uh, you, you've been having a bad day. You had a bad day yesterday, so I don't know. I have no idea what song you're picking, but I know you found a few gems hanging out at your dad's house. So. Oh, dude, that was awesome, yeah. So you, you want to share with the nation what you found? Oh, it's yeah, it's just stupid. I, I Yeah, I was moving stuff out of my dad's house I didn't know I had and found these boxes of basically my entire childhood, like a time capsule of... <laughs> My childhood of everything that was in my room when I was a kid. It was it was as if it was it was it was one of those situations where it looked from the outside like a child had died and they had <laughs> plasticed off the door and just kept everything in there. That's what this was like, and it was like my entire childhood brought back to me. It was very cool. That's I awesome. showed I, I sent you some pictures. I put some pictures up of some of the things I found. Very cool. Yeah, I might find a way to get you that Night Rider stuff. Yeah, I, I the Karate Kid poster I heard about. I was like, ooh, I gotta see. You gotta send me a picture of that stuff, man. I did the only that was the only thing that was missing was the Karate Kid poster. Oh, so you didn't find it? No, I went through all. There was twenty some posters, and I'm going through them all. Star Wars, He Man, all these Knight Rider ones, you know, and all this. I'm like, okay, somewhere in here is the Karate Kid one. Hey, we are meeting in exactly thirty days, so. Ooh. Yeah, our vacation's in 30 days, man. So, you know, we got a whole family day planned out. So, you know, I'm bringing you a crap load of baby stuff. So 
I guess you could hook me up with some posters, huh? We'll see what I got. Yeah, good times. <laughs> so, what you got, sir? What you gonna hit us up with for your music? Well, you know, there's a song that I like to play when I'm in a bad mood and I just need to get some aggression out. And I thought it was kind of fitting for this, especially since this is the hip hop Rocky movie. <laughs> um, so for me, when I'm when I'm feeling it, I like to play a little LL Cool J, little Mama said knock you out. Awesome, good times, man. I just played that for movie and music news intro on a few episodes ago. Yeah. And uh, that's good, man. I get to play the whole song now. So excellent too, man. Because you know my wife, she loves the, she loves the cool James. That's for sure. So. Ladies love him. Yes, they do. Excellent pick, sir. Very good. I thought you were gonna pick something like off the wall, man. So I was really, I was worried, man. But. <laughs> Good times, man. I'm ecstatic. So, does that mean I got to pick a, a fighting song for Rocky Balboa? No, no, no. You go with what you got. Yeah, good times. All right, man. Well, that is uh, that's our episode. Uh, we want to thank you guys. I know this one went a little bit longer than the last two did, but you know we did have a lot of things to say on this one, and I think we kind of met halfway, sir. Overall, so. I agree. Good times. Well done. So, uh, you guys, uh, if you want to write in. Um, I don't know. There's no more movies to write in about, I guess, since we're doing number six in a few minutes. So I, I guess the 100th episode, that's like in like a two or three weeks, man. So should people write in on the 100th episode? I mean, that's not like a big episode or anything, right? Mm, yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to write in, the movie discussed is this thing called The Karate Kid. It's a little known movie. It's something being saved for the 100th episode. So I just discovered it a couple weeks ago, and I kind of like it. Awesome. You mean the next Karate Kid? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Good times. All right. So yeah, if you guys want to write in, please do so. Sweepdelaypodcast at yahoo.com or stlpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. And good old Jameson's got a movie mojo monthly in the bag. Well, I'm working on it. I'm working on editing it right now. Excellent. Well, you you mean you're editing while you're recording? That's not yeah. right. Yeah, man. I'm trying to. All right. I, I guess you got them skills, so. I got the skills to pay the bills. <laughs> That's a Shaq quote. Oh, That's my Shaq gosh. Food. That's crazy, man. Speaking of Shaq, did you see that picture of Rock standing next to Shaq? I mean, I, no. thought, I thought Rock was huge. There's a picture of him with uh, Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal from last week. And people think people say I'm big, but look what happens when you sit me when you put me next to Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley. He was super tiny. Shaq is one of the biggest men ever. Yeah, he's like eight feet tall or something like that, right? I think that's yeah, I think that's the official height. Yeah, ridiculous. So, all right, guys, well, uh, we'll let you go and uh, make sure you uh, check out the uh, the episode coming to you soon, Rocky Balboa, and you can hear us close out our Rocky series and uh, hopefully it's definitely going to be a much better, funner talk than this one was. I can promise you that. So, anything you got to say, man. sir, before we sign off? No, sir. All right. Well, you guys jam some LO, and we'll catch you next time. So you guys take care. Soon as out.
say I'm shafting. 